Well, uh, we are we are thrilled to have Brother Keith Moore with us uh, tonight and uh, and tomorrow night. And uh, if you're if you're not familiar with uh, his ministry, um, it's just been just such a blessing to the body of Christ. He's been uh, well. He pastors Faith Life Church in in Branson, uh, Missouri, and Sarasota, Florida. In addition, in addition to traveling extensively, and has done that for you know thirty years. And uh, my, my personal uh, influence in this, and of course, there's television and the, their internet ministry goes goes around the world and everything. And we're just privileged to have them here today. And and uh, personally, you know, I've been uh, tremendously impacted and helped and and uh, learned so much through his ministry back in my back to my Bible college days, and then all these years in ministry since. So, uh, you know, it's just, a real, it's just a real blessing to have someone who's been, meant so much to you, be able to speak into the church, and, and, uh, and to just to be a part of these meetings. And so, um, let's just get everything we can out of it. What do you say? I mean, just, just let's, uh, you know, I grew up on, on the dairy, and we'd milk cows. And, and uh, you know, when you milk cows, you have to get all the milk out of the cow. If you don't get all the milk out of the cow, you're, number one, you're losing money. <laughs> and two, it's not good for the cow. And uh, so when it comes to these services, uh, let's just get everything we can out of it. Amen? Let's milk them for everything they're worth. And uh, <laughs> that's my visual there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but let's get everything we can from the Lord. And, uh, and I, I trust we'll all be... Uh, better off when we leave than when we came. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's welcome Brother Keith Moore to come and minister today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise God. Thank you for that wonderful voicey welcome. Hallelujah. That's quite nice. Quite nice. You, you can be seated. Man, I really like your new place. This is, a, since I've been here, it's outstanding. And you're having to expand and multiple services and God's doing something. Hallelujah. He's increasing and adding to. And how many believe he's done? He's not done. With him, there's always more. There's always more. It's such a privilege to be with you in these services. Uh, I counted an honor and uh, have prayed to see what the Lord would, could use me to add to your, your great meetings. I know... Uh, uh, Brother Mark's coming in later from uh, Louisiana. We know each other, too, and, and a lot of times we pass each other traveling, and, and uh, he's a great guy, isn't he? And anyway, uh, how many believe we're not just here by accident, but that the Lord has ordered our steps and is directing our paths, and so let's release faith. Let's believe that, uh, that you won't just hear from a man, you'll hear from him. You'll hear, do you believe that can happen? You, let's release faith right now. Father, in Jesus' name, 
we agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the anointing that teaches and quickens and reveals the work of your Holy Spirit that no man can do. We ask for everyone to have eyes and ears and hearts and minds that can see, hear, and receive. We're asking for answers. We're asking for direction. We're asking for a supply of the Spirit and an ability to come up higher in you. And we, we ask it in faith, believing that we receive. We say we won't be just forgetful hearers, but we will be doers of what you show us and tell us. And as surely as we do what you say, miracles will happen because you always watch over your word and perform it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, so be it. So be it. Praise God. Well, can I come down a little bit? Is, uh, can we bring this, this down? Or I'll see. Can you see me? If I can see you, you should be able to see me, right? That's, that's how it works. Did you bring your Bible with you? Would you turn, please, to two openings? Two openings, one in the book of uh, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and then also in Romans, the fourth chapter. Proverbs 4, Romans 4. We think very highly of your pastors. They are top people. You know that? You know, it's uh, their gifts. The Bible said uh, when the Lord ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. Your pastors are some of the Lord's great gifts to you in your life. And so uh, you want to esteem them highly and you want to value what comes through them because what comes through them let me st just say it like this. What would qualify them to be leaders of this church family instead of somebody else? Only one thing, the call and the anointing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that leaders are necessarily smarter than you. Uh, it doesn't mean, you know, that they're superior in some uh, internal way. That's not the case. But you don't have that leadership anointing. And that, that anointing is for you. It's to help you and lead you. If you'll give it the proper place, it'll help protect you. I know the Lord said this to me some, uh, some years back. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me distinctly. About that passage in Ephesians 4, where the Lord gave gifts to men, said, uh, the Lord said to me, he said, uh, my people, many of my people, are not deriving the full benefit of the gifts I've given them because they don't give them the place in their life. And so they're working without a net. You understand that terminology? That's circus terminology. Working without a net. What does that mean? Well, if you're walking the high wire or you're on the flying trapeze, and uh, you don't have a net, what does that mean? If you fall, 
There's nothing between you and the ground, right? There's nothing to catch you and help you. Well, God, one of the reasons the Lord gave us these gifts is to help protect us, right? If we'll give them place, if we'll listen, the Lord will give things through them, whether it's preaching in a message or whether it's one-on-one or whether it's counseling or prayer or whatever it might be, uh, don't just see human faces Realize the gifts of God are there anointed to help you. And that includes their staff that, uh, you know, the Lord has directed them to place. Very important. Very important. Did you find your scriptures? Y'all look like you're ready for something. (laughs) Are you you ready? (laughs) Now, I think that's the first time, Pastor, that I've ever been compared to a milk cow. That's a first. <laughs> but that's all right. I like, milk is good. I, milk, ice cream, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4. Did you find it? In verse uh, 18, Proverbs 4.18. It says, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Then he goes on in this passage that many of you are familiar with, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, my words, are life to those that find them and health, or the margin says medicine, to all their flesh. Now notice that that was written or given by inspiration in connection with the path of the righteous being enlightened. The way the Lord leads us is by his spirit and by his word, both of which are light. The earth is filled with darkness, even though the sun's shining today. I started to say millions, that's wrong. Billions are in spiritual darkness. You know, either just outright rejecting uh, God as being real and creator and the redemptive work of Jesus or uh, replacing him with some false God. It's terrible that billions are in spiritual darkness. And so because of that, as they go down the path of their life journey, they are continually stumbling and falling stumbling and falling. When you have a catastrophe in your life, that's meant you stumbled and you fell. And the problem is, I want you to read this again now. Verse 18. He said, the path of the just. Now, you you have been justified by your faith in Jesus. Did you know that? You are who he's talking about. 
You didn't earn it. You can't earn it, but he gave it to you, and you received it. Is that right? Have you received being justified in Christ, being made righteous? Come on, somebody said out loud, I've been made right with God. Hallelujah. I've been justified. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody said, well, no, you know, I'm, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You can't have it both ways. You're either an old sinner or you've been saved by grace. <laughs> Not to say you couldn't make a mistake as a Christian, but sin is no longer your nature. That's why if you do something wrong, your heart bothers you. Proving that's not your nature. And when wrong thoughts come, and they will, and wrong feelings because of where you are, don't let the devil lie to you. That didn't come from inside of you. It came from the outside. I, I, I heard a man say this one time, and it really stuck with me. I thought, man, that's, this guy has some revelation. He, he said, uh, this happened years ago. He was in a large city, and there was a super tall building there. And they wanted him to go up and see it. So he went up to the top floor. And there's this little balcony. And he stepped out over it. And he said, oh, man. I mean, he's so high up in the air. And cars and stuff down there look like they're so tiny. And this thought came to him. Why don't you just jump? He turned and said, I'm not going to jump. You jump. <laughs> I thought, that is excellent. Why? Why is that such a big deal? He realized that didn't come from inside him. That came from outside him, and he just instantly rejected it. Come on, can you see that, friends? Because some folks, you know, not understanding, they, they would have sat there and thought, what am I doing? Thinking about jumping. Oh, that's the last thing you want to think and say. Because the enemy will come right back and say, because you're suicidal. <laughs> no. Well, why are you thinking about jumping? I don't know. Because <laughs> you're suicidal. No. Well, you're thinking about jumping. <laughs> Can you see how subtle the enemy is? He brings thoughts and feelings to you. And his favorite mode of operation is for you not to even know he's there. For you not to even realize it's coming from him. But he comes to steal and kill and destroy. And if these thoughts and feelings have anything to do with that, you know. It didn't come from the Holy Spirit inside you. It's coming from the one who's against you on the outside of you. Resist it. And just shut it down. I mean, even, even the most holy saint of God has found at times thoughts or feelings come to them that are not godly and not right. And what you need to realize, it's, it's something coming from the enemy. You just need to rise up on the inside immediately and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Leave me. What did, what did Jesus say when the enemy came and tempted him in the wilderness? Get behind me. Is that right? Get out of here. Leave me alone. Resist the enemy. And you don't need to wait till you see something in a red suit with a pitchfork. Any kind of thoughts, any kind of feelings 
that are trying to suggest to you or tempt you or pull you in a wrong direction, do not be passive. Don't just be silent. Realize this is not coming from the Holy Spirit inside you. This is coming from the outside against you. Resist it. Resist it like you mean business. Sometimes you need to say out loud, I don't want this. I don't want this. I'm not doing this. I resist you. Leave me in Jesus' name. Now, I wish I could tell you that'd be the end of it from now on, but the devil is a persistent cuss. He'll come back. He'll try to bring the thoughts back, the feelings back. Even if you get some relief for days or months, you, you can wake up one day and hear those thoughts again. What do you do? Same thing you did the last 89 times. Come on, are y'all with me? Resist it and he'll leave you. Can you say amen? Or... He said the path of the just, and you are. Everybody born again has been made that way. It's as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Now, the Young's literal translation says, it goes and brightens till the day is established. It is progressive light. Everybody say progressive light. What does, what does that mean, progressive light? You get some light, then you get some more, then you get some more, then you get some more. Now, when we think of light, we think of this. We think of the sun shining. We think of this. But light is so much more. God is light. Did you know that? Didn't you say he has light or he does light or gives light? He is in fact, 1 John said, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Another translation said, another verse said, not even a shadow of turning. There's no shadow with him. Now, everything down here has shadows, but not, not with him. It's because there is zero darkness. Now, darkness is more than just the absence of light. Darkness is ignorance. Darkness includes confusion. Darkness includes every kind of lie and deception. Darkness includes every kind of evil. Much more than just the absence of light. And notice that the next thing says, the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Now, because we got light in this room, if you wanted to get up out of your seat and go, go find the door, you have no problem. You get up, you see the aisle, you see the door, go right through it. But if there was zero light in here and you were unfamiliar, you might bump into a number of things, right? I mean, if it was pitch black, not a light anywhere, you'd bump into this chair then you'd bump into this chair and you might fall. Why? Because you can't see. Can't see where you're going. Now, that's one issue if you can't see how to get out of here. But so many people in life, that's where they are. They cannot see how to get down the road of life. That's why they changed their major 12 times. 
I'm not joking. That should not be. That's because you don't know how to be led. And people can't pack to go anywhere without taking 12 extra suitcases. What's wrong with that? Don't know how to be led. Got to take all the might needs. Well, that's because you don't know how to be led. There are folks that their house is a disaster because they never throw anything away. And so what's wrong with that? Don't know how to be led. You don't know what's important and what's not. You don't know what's valuable and what's not. You, you got a bunch of garbage staring you right there in the face and you think it's valuable. It's darkness. And so what's wrong with that? Well, how many margarine bowls do you need? <laughs> or Cool Whip containers? Huh? Are those, those plastic spoons and forks that you get at the drive-thru? How many drawers full of them do you really need? <laughs> so you're, you're in my business now. It, is it me? Is it me? Because uh, sometimes these things seem like, well, that, that's, that's nothing, that's nothing. Yeah, it carries over into bigger things. If you're doing that with little things, you're also doing it with big things. If you can't make a decision, if you don't know what's important, if you don't know what's priority, it's because of darkness. Because in the light, it's clear. In the light, you look and go, that's it. Well, then no need to talk about the rest of this. That's the way to go. Well, then no need talking about these four other options. Oh, friend, being led by the Spirit is one of the greatest things you'll ever learn in this life. Because once you learn how to hear from Him and follow Him, you get rid of the vacillation and the wavering and the wondering, and you know. In His light, we see light, the psalmist said. Can you say amen, or are you still thinking about the margarine bowls? <laughs> don't, don't get mad if anything rubs you the wrong way. Ask the Lord about it. Huh? <laughs> was that preacher off? Was he off course? Or were you saying something to me? <laughs> I ask him. Uh, go with me to Romans. Before, on your way to Romans 4, stop by Romans 1. It's on the way. Romans, the first chapter. He compares the life path of the righteous. Now, he's talking about your entire life journey from the time you're born into this world until you leave here, your whole life. He compares it to a path in which light comes like the sun dawning. 
And if you've ever watched the sun come up, you know, especially on a moonless, dark night, it's pitch black. And then there's this little red something, right? There's this little, still dark, but then there's more, and then there's more, and then there's more. And then it's not, it's not pitch dark anymore. And then you've got a good bit of light. And then it keeps going until the sun is at noon at full brightness. Our life in following the Lord, if we do it right, is not supposed to become more confusing. Anybody awake in here today? Things are supposed to get clearer and clearer. Our call, our place, our graces, what God wants to do in our life, what he's doing with us, it's a, it should get clearer and clearer. Somebody say clearer and clearer. And yet, you, you, even among Christians, that's often not the case. You'll see people that you know, they start over and start over and start over. They, they go over here and they're excited about this church or this job or whatever. And then something rubs them the wrong way. And so they move and they relocate and they're on marriage number four. Are y'all with me? And career number five. And people do that their entire life. Well, some things take time to develop. And if you're always starting over, you don't have an unlimited amount of time down here. Life is so brief. It is so, so short. Most people try to live down here like they're going to live down here forever. They get up, they go to work, they come back, wash the clothes, clean the house, act like this is going to go on in perpetuity. It's not. You and I have about that much time left, and we're out of here. And we need to live like we're aware of that. And we need to be believing God to help us to redeem our time. What does that mean? Don't waste it. Don't waste it on stuff that's not profitable and not useful. You know, people have all kind of ideas about what they want to do in their life, and uh, you'll hear parents tell their children this, and really it's not accurate for Christians. They'll say, dear, you know, daughter, son, you're smart, you're great, you're talented. You can be anything you want to be. You, you can do anything you want to do. That's not true if they're going to be a Christian. Are y'all with me or not? What do you mean? If you're a Christian... And you're going to, and, and Jesus is not just your Savior, but He's your Lord. It's not for you to decide what you want to do. That's already been decided for you. You don't need to decide what you want to do with your life. You need to discover what He's already ordained for you to be and do because nothing else will be, you know, will you walk in full light. You're trying different paths, trying different paths. You're going to be in darkness. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall and repeat the cycle. 
And all of us have made mistakes, and there's no need in looking back and kicking yourself over something. You can't change the past. But what you can do is quit being stubborn, quit insisting on having your own way and running your own life, and quit refusing to submit to anything, and quit refusing to stay put for a while. Come on, y'all listening, and give God an opportunity to grow you up and teach you and develop, you know, there have been some times in my life. I, you know, I was in some uncomfortable situations. I wanted to change. I wanted to leave where I was at and what I was doing. But if Jesus is your Lord, you don't just change. You ask him. Come on, are you with me or not? You don't just change jobs. You certainly don't just change spouses. You don't change churches. Come on, are y'all listening? You, you don't relocate to a different place in the country or the world. Just because you get tired of something or something makes you mad or something offends you or hurts you. or So many times among Christians, people are led into a place by the Spirit of God, but they're led out over hurts and offenses. Led out away from the plan of God. And so there have been times I've come in, fallen across the bed, and put in a request for a transfer. <laughs> you might know what I mean by that. I said, Lord, Lord, I'd like, I'd like to go somewhere else. I'd like to do something else. And more than once it came back, denied. So what am I going to do? So many folks, when it gets hot in the kitchen, they leave the kitchen. Is that right? They're gone. Somebody makes them mad, rubs them the wrong way, they quit. They say, I don't have to take this. What they don't realize is they're unwilling to sacrifice. They're unwilling to submit to the plan of God. They, they look at people and they're upset with people. But you got to be bigger than that. If you want to walk in the light. If you want things to get clearer. If you don't want to start over 12 times in your life when you don't have to. Anybody remember that when the Lord told, uh, the Lord was ministering to Abram and, and Sarah. And uh, she had the idea of uh, uh, Hagar being... Uh, you know, a mother to a child for him, and and so they she did conceive a child by Abram, and and man, it, it caused issues at the house, and and Sarah, the Bible said, dealt hardly with her. Sarah was, you might say, mean. She was mean to Hagar, and Hagar Hagar left. She said, "I don't take this." She left, and out in the wilderness there. The angel of the Lord came to her. And you know what he told her to do? Go back and submit to Sarah. Surely the Lord would not tell you. <laughs> he did. Why? Because it's not just about your feelings. And it's not just about how much love they're walking in or if they're making a mistake or not. There is a plan of God. That's bigger than all this. 
And we need to grow up to where we, we stay in our place. We go where we're sent and we stay where we're stationed. Unless and until he, not our feelings, not somebody else's stuff, he directs us. Somebody said out loud, I'm led by the Spirit of God. Not anger. Not hurt feelings. I'm not led by needs or opportunities or other people. I am led by the Spirit of God in my life. Hallelujah. So be it. Thank you, Lord. Looking back now, Phyllis and I and my wife both have had multiple opportunities to get out of where God had us. But by the grace and mercy of God, we didn't. And oh man, looking back now, what we would have missed if we had jumped out early, if we had gotten hurt and mad, and everybody's got feelings and and, and you know the problem with leaders and, and people you work with and employers and supervisors and all that kind of stuff? The problem with them is they're like you. <laughs> they got flesh. They don't always do everything right. They make mistakes. But that doesn't change the plan of God. Right? And just because you jump out of the plan of God doesn't mean that God's going to rewrite a new one for you. You say, okay, you know, all right, forget my plan. We'll go with yours. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Whew, well, we're into it now, aren't we? What do you think? Are you Okay. One of the big things is that we need to grow up spiritually. And growing up spiritually means you're not led by your feelings. Uh, a common word you'll hear, preteen and teenage years. And if you're there, you might know, you might not. But if you're where we are, you know. Can you remember... 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old folks, can you remember when you were a teenager? Oh, it's not that long ago. Come on. Huh? You talked a lot like this. I just feel. I feel so, I just feel like they don't like me. I just feel, I, I just, I, I feel, I felt so good, and then this happened. And I feel so bad. Feeling dominated shows immaturity. It shows you're a baby Christian. And the key to growing up in these things is that you learn my feelings are always in, in change. They're always changing one direction or the other. And if I let my feelings guide me, I'm going to be an unstable individual. Feelings can be misleading. Come on, be honest with me. Have you ever had a strong feeling that turned out to be completely wrong? Ah, I got some honest people in the house. All right. We can work with this. 
but you felt so, I've had people say, well, I just, I just feel so strongly. Yeah, but you can be so wrongly. <laughs> just because you feel strongly doesn't make it true, doesn't make it right. I've, had, I've dealt with people before that they, oh man, they're so worked up and they're so hurt and they're so mad. And, and they finally, you know, what, what's wrong? Nothing. What's <laughs> What's going on? And finally get to talk to them and, and, and begin to realize they're just believing lies. Half of what they're talking about didn't even happen. The stuff they're assuming. Well, yeah, well, you looked right at me and, and didn't say hi. Oh, boy. Anybody know what this is? Baby. Baby. And the thing is, you can be in a 70-year-old body. And be a total baby. Just being alive a certain amount of time does not equate maturity. It does not. Spiritually, you can grow up, and oh man, it's liberating. It's liberating. When no matter what kind of feelings you have, because man, feelings can just come, you know, like we talked earlier, from the enemy. Just. You're going along pretty good, and then all this terrible feeling comes on you. What do you do? You check in with the Lord. What does the Word say? Well, it's contrary to this feeling. Then this feeling doesn't matter then. Oh, I lost somebody on that. If your feeling is contrary to the Word, your feeling doesn't matter. Your feeling needs to change. Is that right? And, you, and one of the big things to do as you're growing up, quit talking so much about how you feel. Amen. Feeling is not truth. Feelings can be based on lies. Total deception. Can be so many factors that affect feelings. But if, you're, if we're feeling led, we're not Holy Spirit led. And the Spirit of God is who we have to follow to go down this path that gets brighter and brighter. If you let your feelings lead you, they will lead you out of the plan of God. They will lead you away from the things of God. And they'll lead you away from people God joined you to. Feelings will lead you into darkness and failure. Notice with me in Romans 1. Did you find that place? What's supposed to happen in our life as Christians? Going down the path God has chosen for us. Come on, what's supposed to happen? Help out. Brighter and brighter. Clearer and clearer. More and more stable. Right? Not starting over and over. Building. Developing in the same areas that God called us to. Romans 1, notice this. It says... Verse 20, well, actually in verse 17, it had said the just shall live by faith. And that is the context of this, living and walking by faith. Verse 20 says, the invisible things of him of God from the creation of the world are what? Are what? You remember 1 Corinthians said God is not, King James says, God is not the author of confusion. And actually, uh, uh, literally, it just says he's not in confusion. He's not in it. Anytime you see confusion, you're seeing darkness. 
Because if everything, if you had enough light and it was all clear to you, you'd no longer be confused. Confusion is dark. Come on, say it out loud. Confusion is darkness. So I don't care whether it's you or me or whoever it is. If we're in confusion, we're in something we shouldn't be in. Either we need to get light or God gave us light and we didn't walk in it. Either way, we need to get back to the light, get out of the confusion. And uh, here he said, the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. It is amazing. People say, you hear people say sometimes, you know, and intellectuals that don't believe in God, they'll say, there is, there's no evidence of God. That is laughable. <laughs> that, is, that just shows what darkness they are in. According to the word, and this is truth, God's existence, his power, the mysteries of the Godhead are revealed everywhere you look. In the plants, in the mountains, in the rivers, in the night sky, in the oceans, in the gravity holding your feet to the ground, in the air in your lungs. If you have the eyes to see it. It's a matter of, are your eyes enlightened or are your eyes and, and mind darkened? There's more, you know, the Bible said that Solomon was one of the wisest men that ever lived. And do you know his writings, he wrote all these songs and he wrote all these, these poems and these proverbs and it talks about, he wrote about plants and about animals. He wrote about, why? Because wisdom sees God in a flower. If you had enough light, you'd see things in the flower you ain't never seen before. Because who made it? The wisdom of the one who made it. It's there if you got eyes to see it. Come on, say it out loud. Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see what's been in front of me all the time. <laughs> Help me to see you, your wisdom, your knowledge, your creation. Hallelujah. But notice what he said. He said, because that they, when they knew God or when they saw something that was God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And what happened? What happened? Their foolish heart was darkened and they thought they were smart. Professing themselves to be wise, they became Fools. Fools. It's pitiful how foolish many intellectuals are. It, it really is pitiful. They think they're so smart and they're so not. Why, why are you saying that? The scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. The beginning. You don't begin to be truly smart or wise or have any understanding unless you first 
show respect to your creator. That's the truth. That's the truth. And the more reverence you show him, the more light will come to you. Hallelujah. So don't get embroiled in intellectual arguments with people about God. It is a total waste of your energy. Just don't do it. What's the issue? Well, if somebody has already seen some light and they rejected it, they rejected what the Lord said to their heart when they were a child or when they did see something of him around about them, they're, they're not going to bow to your great intellect. <laughs> and besides that, that sometimes people say, well, prove to me that there's a God. Not my job. <laughs> there's a God whether you think so or not. And just a few more ticks of the clock, you're going to be out of here and you're going to find out how dumb you were. <laughs> if you've got any understanding and wisdom, because the Bible says it's coming to pass, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess of every being in heaven, every being on earth, every being under the under the It's coming. Every so-called atheist, agnostic, whatever. Every one. Wise people do it now. Do I have any wise ones in the house? Come on. Wise, wise people do it now. You bow your knee willingly, freely, of your own. Nobody's making you of your own volition. And that's what's happening in this life right now. Everybody has a choice. As people say, well, what about people that grew up on the other side of the world and they're ninth generation other religion and idol worshiper and whatever? There is no exception to where God has not revealed himself to people in their hearts. Maybe as a little child, they looked up into the night sky and for a moment they thought, there's something else here besides what I've heard, what I've been taught, light, a glimmer of light. Come on, can you see this? A glimmer of light. If you'll be honest and receive it and take a step, you know what will happen next? He'll give you more light. Is that right? If, you, if you'll follow that, he will lead you all the way to Jesus and for salvation. I don't, I don't care where you were born, it doesn't make any difference. Where you grew up, he's the creator. He knows how to get through to you. But if you see it, but you don't want it to be that way, and you think it might cost you in your family or your whatever, and you shut it down and ignore it, darkness comes on your mind. And you don't go any further. Well, the same thing can be true as a, as a Christian. You can accept the light. You can be born again. But that's not the end. That's the beginning of a life that should be getting progressively brighter come on progressively brighter you see more of him and when you see more of him you don't have to ask anybody did I see something you do it there's a joy that comes in you there's when you see him there's a light and life hallelujah how many want to see more of him well it's more up to us than it is him 
It's more up to us. Because seeing more of him comes with some responsibility. Are you going to walk in the light that you just saw? Because there are folks that go to traditional churches. And they might have wound up hanging around you a little bit or something. And they saw the light of being filled with the Spirit. Speaking in tongues. Okay, well now there's some responsibility comes with that light. What are you going to do? Right? And there's some people that didn't want to rock the boat at their traditional church and their family. And so they just shut that down. And they went back and let people tell them it was not of God. And they're, they're, when you do that, and you don't walk in the light that you've been given, your understanding is darkened. And you do not progress down the path that you're supposed to be. And that's when you fall and stumble and don't know what you tripped over. No, friend. Greatest thing you ever did for any of your family members, your friends, go all the way with God. That's the greatest thing you can ever do for them. Now, in the beginning, it'll, it'll seem hard. It'll seem like y'all are growing apart and you're going away. It can seem like you're losing them. But, you, you know, you need to make the choice anyway who's number one in your life. Them or the Lord. And if you follow him fully, even if it seems like you grow apart from them for a while, what will happen, if you keep developing, there will come a time when they need your help and you'll be able to help them. Because you followed God. Do you understand, friend? You developed in faith, you developed in your relationship and walk with him. And even though they might have talked against you or whatever kind of thing happened, you just walk in love with them. What did the Lord say? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're saying, do what they're doing. But there'll come a time. You watch and see. It might be 20 years. Might be 10 years. Might be 5 years. There'll come a time when you'll be able to help them. And the very thing they mocked and despised will help, could help save their life. Praise God. It's happened in my life. It's happened in Phyllis's life. We had family that thought we had gone off the deep end, man. I mean, we had family. We had people that talked about us. And some of those same people, 15 years later, pat me on the back and said, boy, you did the right thing. I, I, thought, I started to say, not if I listen to you, you know. But we need to be gracious. The greatest thing you can ever do for your family, for your friends, is what? Help me out. Go all the way with God. Because what's going to happen when you're going all the way? You're going to get more and more light. Things are going to get clearer and clearer to you. Your faith will get stronger and stronger. And, and in that case, you're more help to people. You've got more to give. You're more able to help. Where are you now? <laughs> Go on to, to Romans, the fourth chapter. Can you take a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Romans 4 and verse 12 talks about Abraham, who is a father in faith. He's held up as a preeminent example of walking by faith. He walked by faith when there was no law 
There was no, no word, no commands had been given in his day. He just came to know God and was a, a forerunner, you and I today, how we'd live. And the Bible said in, uh, in Romans 4.12 that he is the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised before he had heard any laws or rules or anything. He took steps of faith. And one of the big ones is mentioned over in Hebrews eleven eight. You don't have to turn there. But it just says that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed and he went out not knowing where he was going, not knowing where he went. Somebody say not knowing. You heard the text. You, you see, it, anytime there's something in the Bible, truth, you won't just see it in half of a verse. You'll see it all through the word in different places. The path of the just is like the shining light, like the dawning of the sun that keeps getting brighter till full noon. It's progressive light. And here we see that Abraham took steps. And those of us who walk by faith, we also take steps. And this is how the Lord does it with all of us. The Lord is never going to sit down with you, with your calendar, and help you fill it out for the next 20 years. <laughs> how do you know he's not going to do it? Because what pleases him is faith. And it takes more faith to step out when you don't know what comes next. It takes faith. It's, it's actually can be hard on your flesh. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. Man, there's a lot of folks. They, you know, if they can't see where all the money's going to come from, how that's all going to work out for the kids, how that's going to work with my life and my stuff. They won't move. They won't do anything. And if you won't take a step, you won't get the next light. Hmm? It's hard to steer a parked car. Right? I mean, you can yank on the steering wheel, right? You got power steering, it'll work. And you can scrub the tires and scrub the tires, but you're going nowhere. You're not, you're not, you know, moving one inch from where you are. You've got to get in motion. You've got to move. Then you can steer something that's, that's moving. And there's no need to, if you're going down the road, and you see way off in the distance. Sign or something or a building. You pull over on the side of the road and you go, what in the world is that? <laughs> it kind of looks like a, but no, then it kind of doesn't. It kind of, it now you can stay there for two weeks and try to figure out what that is. <laughs> what else could you do? Come on, help me out. What else? 
What else could you do? Just, just get in the road. Is that right? And the close, is everybody awake now? The closer you get, the clearer, the clearer it becomes. A lot of things are not clear to us yet because we're just too far away from it. We're not there yet. When I was uh, 18, back at our little place in Mississippi, Phyllis and I got married real young, and we were, we were just married. And uh, I had gotten hungry for God. And one night, something came up to my heart in prayer, as I was praying about me, about me and us, she and I pastoring. And it bothered me. Because I thought, I'm not a pastor. I was going to be a full contact martial arts fighter. That was my track. I could kick you real hard. But pastor? I couldn't have found five good scriptures at that point in my life. And so I stayed awake all night. It bothered me so much. I thought, oh, God, I mean, is, are you asking me to pastor? Because all I could think of was our little traditional church that was there. And I wasn't sure if two-thirds of them even liked me or not. And I thought, I, just, I, can't, I can't see me doing that. And, I, and it bothered me so bad I couldn't get to sleep. And I'm wringing my hands and I'm thinking, Lord, surely he's not. And about daylight. The Spirit of God spoke to my heart. I don't mean a heard audible voice, but inside, like he'll speak to every Christian if you learn how to listen to him. He said, Keith, does he know your name? <laughs> Keith, relax, son. By the time you get there, I'll have you ready. <laughs> By the time you get there, and it was 22 years. For I got there, and sure enough, by the time those 22 years were up, he had me ready, had Phyllis ready. Uh, fearing and being in anguish and worrying is such foolishness. It's lack of trust. It's disobedience. What did the Lord tell us with care, what to do about cares? Worries and anxieties. Hmm? Casting all. All of you care on him. Why? Because he cares about you and he knows you and I are not designed to handle it. Cares can kill you. Carrying care, worrying and fretting can actually weaken your immune system. It can make you susceptible to disease and problems. It can do damage to your intestines, to your heart, to your brain. I'm telling you, we are not designed to deal with it. It will break you down inside and out. And if you know the word, it gets into flat disobedience. He didn't say, you know, beware of some of these modern translations, which are actually not translations. They're paraphrases. Do you know the difference? 
A translation should be a word-for-word translation of what the original scripture is. A paraphrase is what somebody thinks it means. I don't want somebody telling me what they think it means. I got the Holy Spirit to help me with that. Is that right? A lot of these modern so-called translations will say, numerous places, it'll say, try this. Try to do or do your best. This is absolutely wrong. The Lord never told you to try anything. Are you with me, friends? He never told you to try or to do your best. He never told you to try. Why? That would imply either he didn't know whether you could do it or not, or maybe you might not be able to do it. Not true. He knows. And he just told us to do things. He didn't say, try not to worry. Casting all your care. He didn't say, try not to fear. He said, fear not. Didn't say, try to rejoice. His commands are enablings. So when he tells you to do something, never start arguing with him about if you can or not. The fact that he just told you to do it is all the proof you need. If he told me to do it, I can do it if I will. Here we go. Where was I before I got excited about that? Abraham went out. He went out what? Not knowing where he was going. Phyllis and I have been following the Lord. I'm not saying we've done it all perfectly, but for, uh, I guess, about 35 years now in the ministry. And looking back now, I can see every, every step that the Lord helped us to take. We left our little home in Mississippi with our little uh, pickup and our little Vega. We looked like the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> with all our stuff loaded on the back. And uh, we didn't have a place to stay. We didn't have enough money to make it through the month. We really went out not knowing where we were going. But looking back now, man, if you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have found out about the next step. We thought we'd go to school at Rama for one year. One year and then go back to Mississippi and maybe try to be a blessing to somebody. One year turned into 20-something. And one thing led to another. Led Somebody say steps, steps. But the Lord never sat down and said, now I'm going to do this with you for these five years. And then after that, there'll be a change. And it'll be these 10 years. And then there'll be the, somebody said, I wish you would do that. No, no, he's, he's smarter than you. <laughs> and if he says faith is, for, for one thing, you know, I about freaked out over that pastor. Remember that 22 years ago? Some things, if he showed you ahead of time, you'd just faint and fall out. You'd just go, oh, God, just put me out of my misery now because I, I will never be able to do that. But by the time you get there, he will have you ready. If, if, if you'll take the next step. Just take the next step. You've already taken some steps just by you being here. I know you have. You took the, the step of receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. How many made up your mind? You ain't never going back to being lost. Is that right? 
You ain't never rejecting Jesus. You are, you're only going one way from here to him. Is that right? And I see, you know, you're here in church. Oh, no. What is this? I kind of got my days mixed up. It's Monday? Where'd the week go, Mike? I mean, <laughs> we've been other places. You're here on a Monday night in church. Right? That means you care about what God wants for you. You care about his plan for your life. You care about getting your spirit fed and built up. You care about direction. Are you willing? To, well, here's the rest of it for you. <laughs> Are you willing to make some sacrifices? You'll have to to follow him. But anything you sacrifice, it's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed as it gets brighter and brighter and clearer and clearer and stronger and stronger until one day you realize today's my last day on earth. And you breathe your last and you slip out of here and then you really find out about glory. Hallelujah. You really find out about glory and power. Stand on your feet if you would please everybody. Oh, thank you, Father. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to our good Father. Just lift up your hands. Begin to praise Him. Let's begin to thank Him for all that He's done for us, all that He's given us. Hallelujah. I want to lead you in a prayer with our understanding, and then I want to lead you in praying in the Spirit for a little bit, praying in other tongues, because the Bible says... By this means, we can pray out divine mysteries. So much of the plan of God ahead of you is a mystery to you. And you don't need to know all of it. What do you need to know? The next step. That's all you need to know. Next step. Then if you have faith, you'll take that step. Then what happens as you walk in His light? More light. More light will come. Sit out loud. Father God, I worship you. I acknowledge Jesus, head of the church, Lord of my life. I acknowledge you're my creator. You have the plan for my life. There is no better plan, no greater plan. I seek your will. I seek your face. Reveal to me the next step, our steps in your plan for my life. I trust your plan. I trust your wisdom. No matter what it looks like, regardless of what it may feel like or any temporary inconvenience, our sacrifice or what anybody else may think about it your plan is right and best and good and by faith I submit myself to your will and your way 
Help me, Holy Spirit, to pray more specifically, to pray more exactingly in the Spirit. Pray out by faith. You're praying about the plan. Ningalinga blanvo makame brandi banise bendi legoso sindi banandi bindi bonosha mindi galeso coring grigzindi doni valendi dishi covado breto felixe mandi benishi ofale leto kamble isdon ondo fesho mante isco Mende Hallelujah. Listen to me just a moment. Keep your eyes closed and then we'll pray some more. I heard this in my spirit. Stop asking everyone what they think you should do. Stop asking friends and relatives and co-workers. The Lord says, you know me, ask me. Look to me. And once you hear my counsel, no longer consult flesh and blood. Pray some more. Covel and preske, igen and dote, imen gazente, often do bijo, emel anzudo, embile clijo, mandi vin mindo. Oh, Serakaju. Oh, the plan. The plan, the plan. Thank you for the plan, Lord. Thank you for your plan, your holy plan, your wise plan. Mondindi shi, moniente que, man bilzinim barren fe, brenzundu jununtunko, well in bindi and non gender dene and dead. Avindi, o vosso, impiete, ombidi, and mandi, o coso, embeji, enesi. Listen, listen, just keep your eyes closed. I heard this as well. I heard this as well. Just keep your eyes closed. Stop thinking about money. You don't make your plans and your decisions based on money. With, with the plan comes the provision. Hallelujah. With the plan comes abundant provision. Praise God. Pray some more. Pray some more. Ophikaish. <coughs> Menges nimbande o juna malote. Man tike call friend by a ninji will touch ya de. Acha ea de. Acha ea de. Acha ea de. Onde, osse, ono, onco, epa, inche, oto, imba, aldu, unto, esui, osui. Esubina, Entecostia, Angubina, Lente Preso, Bindo Vido, Velo Piso, Cumbia Ninda, Cumbia Ninda, your plan, Cumbia Ninda, your will, your ways, your purposes be fulfilled in my life. Malento, con la vento chuluta, Mandeglese in mente. Miandangenum baffe vidugo wendi banici, caro brimosi 
Brandy Banila, Kenny Mendigio, do Mami Finde Angonso, Mendi Greo Soche. Hallelujah. 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 Look at me if you would. Now, this is the kind of thing you can pray much about. We're talking about the plan for the rest of your life. You can go home and pray for an hour or two, three on you. Uh, pray next week. Pray. This is something you continue to pray about. But you can say this by faith. And if you mean it, the Lord knows your heart. Said out loud, Lord, I desire your will. Lord, I desire your will. And by faith. And, by faith. and, with, your and with your help. I will go. I will go. Where you lead me. I will stay where you station me. I delight to do your will, O God. Thank you for working in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. I trust in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands. Let's praise Him some more. We give you glory. We give you thanks. We adore you. We praise you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor. This one will work. Anybody get anything out of that tonight? Praise God. Tremendous. Outstanding. Outstanding. You know, uh, you know, leading up to these meetings, I've spent some, you know, decent time praying about this, and many others have prayed about these meetings. Uh, a couple things we pray for is one that our guest ministers would get direction. And then also we pray that they'd get, they'd be given utterance to get it out. Lord would give the words. I could see a lot of that being answered right here tonight. And uh, one thing we don't ever want to do is ask the Lord to give direction and to give uh, a message, a word in a situation like this, and then allow any thought to come that that's not what I needed. Right? When you pray and you seek the Lord, say, Lord, give us, give our house, give us, our family, a word that will help us in this time, in this season, that will be beneficial, something that's needed. Then when it comes, you say, thank you, Lord. That is exactly what I needed. Yeah? Even though sometimes it's not fully realized in the moment. It's like, thank you, Lord. This is what I need. This is what I needed today. This is what's going to help me get to the next thing. 
Amen. Oh, God is good. I remember years ago, uh, well, when I was just, uh, just the first, I don't remember exactly, but a few years in, into ministry, and a, a friend of mine in a different state had, was, had called me. I think he thought he was helping me. But, you know, I was, in a, I was in a supportive ministry role working with teenagers, and it was a small church in a small town, and, and he was trying to convince me to basically get up and get out of there and do something big. And I was quite annoyed with him. <laughs> and the reason was is because I knew the Lord told me to be there. I knew I was supposed to be there. And so, but you got to watch out for things like that. Sometimes these other voices say, you should, you can, you can do this different. And if it's not God, it's, it's going to be a, a hindrance to the ultimate plan of God. And I'm glad I didn't yield to it and, you know, feel small and insignificant. And basically he was making me try to feel, tried trying to make me feel. And I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And the Lord increased more and more and more and more and over time. And it continues on to this day. Amen. I'm thankful for the plan of God. Let's walk in the light, all the light that we have today. And just let things keep going forward. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to go ahead and, and receive tonight's offering. And, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to have our offering tonight. It's uh, all of it, 100% is going to go to uh, Brother Moore and his ministry, helping them to do what God has called them to do. And so as you're uh, considering what you should do and what you want to give in the offering, and seeking the Lord, uh, just be mindful of what you're sowing into, sowing into some real good ground. Lives are being changed, many lives being changed. And, uh, and to think that we could have a part of that is a real blessing. Yeah. And, uh, and so we want to give, we want to do so by faith, we want to do so because we want to, and, and trust God's blessing will be on both ends of this. Amen. Now, I know this, or maybe you don't know this, but um, it's not, it's, it's very common in traveling ministry, uh, and, I, and it's not wrong or anything. We, people come in, our guest speakers for us, and, and, and typically, you know, they ask or want you to pay for the, you know, their expenses and their travel and their hotel and all this kind of stuff. You know, the strange thing about Brother Moore is he won't let us help it with anything. We, all, we have to force it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they come, they get here, no, not asking for anything, for travel or hotel or anything. They just, his attitude you know, I'm speaking for him, but I'm just on the other side of this. But they just want to come and give and be a blessing. And so literally from the church standpoint, it's like, this doesn't cost us anything. Just want to let you know what kind of man of God and ministry they are. And, and, and I didn't really compare him to a cow. That, that was... <laughs> the analogy was the service. We're going to milk the... milk the service for everything we can get out of it. But I tell you, uh, for, for real, they're, they're, they're just so generous and so such a blessing. Just wanting to pour into our church and to this, into your life and to other ministries. have been doing so for decades and the Lord meets their need. Let's be a part of that tonight. What do you say? I mean, just uh, whatever you want to do. No one's, uh, no, no one's asking or twisting any arms, but uh, we're a generous house. 
And uh, we got a bunch of generous people here today. And we want to be a big, big, big blessing to their ministry. And so let's, uh, let's do what the Lord directs us to do. Amen. If you are, I know you had that slide up there earlier. Um, we'll pass the offering container in a moment. Um, if you want to give digitally, of course, you can use that stuff there. You'll notice, though, when you, uh, if you're online or on your phone or if you have the, the giving app, uh, you'll find uh, one of the options for giving will just say Keith Moore. All right? And so that'll be active tonight and tomorrow. And so if you're giving that way, just choose that, and it'll, it'll, it'll go directly to that. If you are giving, you know, uh, in the offering containers, if you're using a check, make sure you write that to Life Church. All right? That way we can have the power. It'll all go. It'll all go where it's supposed to go, but the accounting will appreciate that much if we can actually turn that into one check and to give to their ministry. Amen? Everybody good today? Man, this is a this is such a blessing. This is such a blessing. And uh, did I give you enough time to figure it out? Got it figured out? All right, let's pray over the offering. Father, in, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the abundance of your provision. We thank you that you lead us and guide us and direct us in everything we do. We thank you that in your plan is your provision. We'll never be without. We'll never suffer lack. But thank you for abundance. We thank you for leading us and guiding us in our giving here tonight. Thank you. You are the God of more than enough. We trust you today, and we trust you every day to supply every need and to exceed the need. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God is good. Now, uh, as we're as we're doing that, um, maybe we can, uh, let's have the crew come back up, and we'll, that way we can end on a high, high note in a minute.